I need more Mercedes. I need more Mercedes. Haven't done Mercedes. It's been almost a year since we've done Mercedes. Do you have the time to give me a Mercedes? I've got to stop learning to touch my balls. I'm the type of guy who always grabs his balls, but not in a hip-hop way, more a bold man way. <laughs> I've been doing it since fourth grade. I have lots of intervention reports. I got in school suspension for my ball touching. I did it during freshman orientation. I missed the first week of class because I was in school suspension where I was the only one there. They had to get a substitute because they had to pull someone from the district office <laughs> to watch me as I didn't have homework because it was the first week of the year but i had to get punished for my balls that i touched during the auditorium i could not take it even though i was in the first row <laughs> i kept on touching my balls the superintendent was there as well as a few members from the school board <laughs> they knew my parents, but my dad is a hobo. He lives out under the bridge on 61. <laughs> my mom calls him Billy. <laughs> Why did that chocolate chip cookie might suddenly taste like fruit? Um, is there fruit left in my mouth from lunch? Possibly. That is very possible. Hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm just posting everything to the socials as as I was one singing does. that song in the coffee shop, and it was okay because there was no one else there, and uh, the owner knows what we do. Yeah, I think she was in the back anyway in the kitchen, so um, it was fine. <laughs> Hello from the UK. Hey, it's people who were at the meet from Coventry, which sounds like oh, Cuff Crew a while ago. Will Down says, serious question. If my dad's Odyssey some suddenly died tomorrow, what car would you Toyota Sienna? All right. What car would you recommend my dad get that's good in the snow? Well, anything with front wheel drive and all season tires is fine. Can haul golf clubs and bicycles. I mean, get Toyota Sienna. Doesn't matter what year, any year, Toyota Sienna. Uh, Boris says, Red 5 standing by. That was Luke, right? Uh yeah, yeah, it was Luke. I got to have put like an extra mic under my chair. It would just be the fart mic. So I have an order together for the studio that's going to be over there. Um, it's just going to be Ikea Poang chairs with Ottomans. Yeah. And uh, I need like a, like a table or something. That's the one thing I have to like source. Or maybe my parents have one left over from the many grandmas in oh. the storage unit. That can go over there. I was talking to Ted Stoltz yesterday and uh, like proposing the idea to him of paying him to be the director, to have someone sit there on open broadcaster software and switch between cameras. Yeah. For now, the cameras will be the existing one up here, the crappy one, 
and we'll give it a test. And really, in reality, next week, if Future Brian can remember, I should test the Hero 10 as a webcam. Oh, all right. Because it will work. Um, but depending how it looks, you know, I'll just attach it to a tripod, the tripod that I never use, and just have it there, and, and we'll see how it can function. What kind of battery life does that have? Because I know that my Hero 5 battery life is garbage. Oh, right. I don't know if it's hot garb. If it has to run off his battery or if you can pull enough power through USB-C, it'll run itself indefinitely. Mm. I suppose the answer would be take the battery out and just plug it right in, see if you can run without the battery in it. Maybe. Uh, uh, oh, shit. Uh, e from Full says, howdy from Circleville, Ohio. What's Circleville? That, okay, so it's my literally my favorite Unsolved Mysteries episode is about the Circleville letters. There's this person who finds out about, or who alleges an affair between a bus driver and the superintendent of schools and starts uh -huh. writing these blackmaily letters and then sets up like a booby trap for the bus driver to get shot. Oh. And then, uh, like, I want to say it's the husband of the bus driver. He essentially gets a call from the uh, whoever the letter writer is or some call that confirms who the letter writer is mm -hmm. in his mind. He gets so mad, he grabs his gun, gets into his pickup truck, goes flying off the handle. Um, police find the truck in a ditch and he's dead. The gun has evidence of having been fired, but no one really knows what happened. Mm. It's, it's just wild. It's And now that all the Unsolved Mysteries are on YouTube for free, the Robert Stack years, they it's easily something you can go look up. It's so creepy. Such a creepy story. But yeah. And the great thing about those Unsolved Mysteries is that it's basically uh, just eye candy if you're looking for really like old classic like 80s 90s cars it's yeah just winning at life yeah love it but yeah sorry i, I got way too excited about that <laughs> uh, so upcoming dates uh next month is september yep and we will be in north georgia um there's uh the one youtuber instagram guy do it with dan who's i think a motorcycle guy he's been a fan of the show for a while he invited us out for like this interview segment he's doing uh at atlanta motorsports park and while i'm down there we're gonna have uh i hope limited or hopefully full run of the track uh so we'll be able to do some sort of car reviews on a racetrack again and it's not and it's gonna be something different than harris hill road in, in san marcos texas so i want to look through the archives uh find stuff in georgia specifically north georgia yeah i want something from smog years so that's night about like 1973 to 1979 or maybe 1983 yeah. uh, something domestic with like single port fuel injection maybe maybe carburetor i want a big v8 with like a single barrel carburetor i want something crazy like a seven liter engine making 180 <laughs> horsepower and take that around the track, softest suspension. So that's what ideally I want to find in North Georgia or the equivalent of uh, something like that. Something inappropriate that doesn't belong on a racetrack and filming on a racetrack. Part of me is kind of wondering how far out of the way Hoovy would be just because of his whole like roster of cars. Is he in Georgia? Mm, no. But is that dude in blue still in Georgia? It's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I thought a movie was in Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay, I'm getting, getting confused. I, for some reason, my geography is terrible and the southern states run together for me. There's a whole. There's Ed Bolin, is he in Atlanta? That's a good question. Florida. 
Oh, uh, Hoobies in Wichita. Gotcha. Uh, the lineman from the county. Uh, Super Chat's coming in early today, and I'm just going to yeah, answer them. In... Ed in blue or ATL. Yeah. Uh-oh. Did I click away? Did I dad click? Dad click what? Are we still streaming? Yeah. How are we still streaming? What do you mean? I dad clicked. Uh, well, I'm a, a few seconds behind. Is so it let still me, streaming? See. Are we still? So let me turn up the volume. Testing. Are we still? So let me turn up the volume. Testing. Testing. Are we still? So okay, so we're still volume. streaming, streaming and, I, and I clicked Testing. away from the tab. I dad clicked away. Well, you can tab back on, I would imagine. You got to right, go under these live. Live? Yep. Oh. It's asking me if I want to start a live. There it goes. Okay. Upcoming trips. Uh, and then you click on, uh, oh, yeah, I think you were right. The video link? Yep. No, now we're just watching it in the computer. Oh. All right, that's super weird. That is weird. Well, uh... Well, you can see that I can't see the chat anymore because I closed the window for the chat. Well, you can watch the chat if you watch it as a video. All right. You know what? You just take care of the main chat. And if it's still running, then I'm just going to view. I'm just going to view the super chat window. That's really weird. Found a way to click away from it in the, in the computer that's streaming it. And it's still streaming it. It's so bizarre. Yeah. So. So bizarre. So. I have a missed call from an 800 number. I always get a call from because it's a, a fucking robot line. I'm mad as hell. I block it so many times and they come up with a new 800 number and it's the same people. And I'm about oh, to get a voice. Yeah. I'm about to get a voicemail that will show up inside of the next like three seconds. And because I'm very uh, just, I'm annoyed when I have notification or voicemail notifications, I immediately have to clear them. It drives me nuts right. that they're sitting on there. Um, Chris says your next RCR should be the rise and fall of Duesenberg. Powerful and expensive car in the world for 20 years after the company went bust. Speaking of Hoovy, like because when he uh, did his cameo for my Christmas music video, he said that everybody was offering what their dream car is. And he mentioned wanting a Duesenberg. So that weird pre-war stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess I understand it from like a historical perspective, like cars were more artisan than than they were uh, machinery. And imagine like back in the day before before anything was digital, the way to show off wealth was to have dainty things. Dainty things. That's a good way of putting it, because what you really want is to show people that you, you know, you powder your asshole yeah it's great yeah like you go into like old people's houses and there's little things that don't do anything but just sit there yeah like again looking around the house i'm still way behind on hanging pictures on the walls oh by the same so am i like yeah, i'm like, i mean we have a picture wall that has most of the pictures of like family and friends but part of me is kind of like we still need to add more stuff on here so yeah. hmm like when I take a step back from these rooms or when I take a picture of these rooms in this house, I'm like, wow, there's nothing here. Um, and, and they see, seem like empty and unfinished. 
because I'm used to walking into somebody's house who's lived there for a while and things are arranged nicely. But again, there's lots of like little things that can fall down. And I wonder what that, what that urge was around like, well, I guess it never went away. Because people born like, I have to go back to when I was a childhood, my childhood, early 90s. Uh, people were born in like the 50s or the 40s. So they got it from their parents who were born in 18 something or other. And the way to show societal worth was to have little expensive things that broke easy. <laughs> a lot of freestanding lamps, a lot of little figurines of uh, angels, but they're all babies. Mm. A lot of figurines made out of thin metal. Porcelain was a big thing. Commemorative plates was a big thing. Got to oh. stand it up and like not secure it in any way. Yeah, it's not. It's got to be. You find it. Sometimes the china cabinet. My mom had a china cabinet. Yeah, and it was just sort of upright china and uh, with a very nice little Anne of Green Gables looking design. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, to what extent is any of this secure? It's generally not. I, I am. Is 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 the subtext? I am wealthy enough that I can precariously place things about the house and replace them if they break. But then the whole point is to then fuss over the things. Yes. It's you always got to get rid of, or you always got to get rid of everything else in order to preserve the things. It's yeah. like everything around the things. They yeah. suddenly become part of the, the family character, the mm -hmm. family heritage, the history to the point where it's like, does anyone remember a single meal we've ever had on these plates yeah. or any, has this ever touched food before mm -hmm. ever? And it's just, you know, it's almost performative in a weird way of look at, these are things that are dear to me because I have not used them. Yeah. There is out in the garage, a sil I own a silver tray I inherited from my grandpa. Yeah. It says writer or something commemorative when, when we own the shoe, when the family owned the shoe factory. Right? Ah. Like, now, this is way before I was born. But when they say something, I they bring it to you on a silver platter. I have a silver platter. <laughs> but it's in the garage wrapped in saran wrap on top of a filing cabinet that I use to hold power tools. And it's been for a while, it was hanging on the wall in saran wrap. In saran wrap. Like, I, and it's big and it's heavy. And I don't know where I'd put it. <laughs> like, again, I, there, there is a dearth of tables in this house. This is the only table. Apart the, from the table. The table. Apart from the buffet table, there's also my desk in there. I also like the little desk up in the, the recording room of just... Oh, yeah, from old, old school. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I ought to go take an Instagram picture of all this stuff. There is a ween. Uh, the, the, the ween son. <laughs> that, that one scratched into them. Freaking Wayne. That's um, great. Uh, Chris says, okay, got Chris. Carfoolery says, when will you be releasing the beginning of your COVID Phoenix? Oh, I deleted it. Um, because I was proselytizing on how unconcerned I was. Yeah. In that journal. And, uh, you know, it. Uh, Aged like milk. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm like, you know what? Nah. Nah. This, th this wasn't thought out. Um yeah. um yeah no that 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 one's done. I thought about releasing it like like years later, but even then it 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 
it read more it it read like a middle school journal uh, where like an eighth grader is trying to be profound about something oh uh, yeah oh i had a okay so a friend of mine from high school messaged me and said hey i found one of your old, old manuscripts and it was something that was um Basically, when I was around 14 or 15, I took it upon myself to write these self-help manuals. And the joke of the manuals were that I didn't know anything, right? Okay. But they're written in such an earnest fashion that you can't tell that they're a joke. Mm -hmm. And so she was kind of like saying, hey, maybe I should just like keep these now that you're all famous and all. And it like, I'm, I'm not, but whatever. Uh, and I'm, I put on my best like fake sort of um oh no 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 i would love to have those just you know for my own because really i just want to fucking burn these things and destroy <laughs> any copy of them because it was like the easiest like 35 dollars i ever made in my life as a teenager of just selling these manuscripts for a dollar they were like 20 30 pages and i wrote them all in an afternoon and then printed them out of the freaking i forget if i use my printer the school printer long story short is that it is a bunch of really embarrassing relationship advice, like yeah. how to give a blowjob. <laughs> and so, like, and I feel this like this is where you get a voice actor to do. Like, how old were you? Like fourteen or fifteen. Ooh, that's yeah, yeah, but yeah, because the joke of it, I feel like people thought I was being serious, and I wasn't, and that's why, like, once I got this, it pretty much, I looked through it thinking, okay, it can't be that bad as bad as I remember. Yeah. And then I'm looking through it and it's somehow worse because I'm like, how did I ever think this was like mm. amusing at all? Like, I don't say anything really objectionable or anything by modern standards. It's just very cringy and embarrassing, mm -hmm. like teenager humor. And it pretty much ruined my entire day because I'm just like cringing so hard from this. Mm. And, um, there was a point I wanted to make with regards to this. And now I don't remember what it is. Oh yeah. With regards to the journal thing. Um, I mean, I wish I would have had the presence of mind to be able to just say, uh, you know, you know, just because I'm writing this doesn't mean I have to actually release this. Yeah. Like even as a literal child, which I basically was at the time, mm -hmm. like I was just the biggest idiot. I really was. It's just like, who wants to read any of that stuff? And apparently I, now I'm like thinking back on it and thinking, you know, was I the laughing stock of my school or were people genuinely amused by it? And now it's that type of thing. Yeah. And now if I were realistic about it, I would feel 99% of the people who got those manuscripts don't remember ever having read them and have no, and threw them away like a week after mm -hmm. so um yeah i don't know it's just a very odd feeling but i appreciate your presence of mind in mm -hmm. the but that said i kind of wish it i'd done a, a, a phoenix journal just because um not necessarily because of everything that was about to happen but because i really liked phoenix and it's one of the only like location journals that i didn't do mm -hmm. um because that phoenix tri trip outside of like literally the beginning of the the yeah after times mm -hmm. uh happening back at home because it wasn't really happening in phoenix yet it yeah. was mostly Scottsdale back at home. stayed open for a little bit yeah um and then and our hotel wasn't doing breakfast yeah they were doing the little like bag lunch type thing yeah just carbs and sugar yeah and then I, to keep myself occupied, did the New York auto show by just taping a bunch of pictures on the wall. But mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's kind of a relic of 
I still have the the manager's business card over there on the bulletin board. Nice from there. As we talked, and then there were like homeless people coming in trying to say they have a room that they don't have or trying to pay for, trying to get a room without paying and saying I'll pay you when I'm done. Uh, um, and it was the only Hampton I was ever at that had ne'er-do-wells nearby. And we weren't that close to the airport either. So that was a little bit odd. It was a little odd, wasn't yeah. it? Although I did love that like little park area that we filmed at. Yeah. Uh, it was a very was nice neat. area. Um, this is a question from John Brandis from the regular chat. Northwest PA here. Recommended daily. That's a truth three-pedal manual. That's a what three-pedal manual? True three-pedal manual. As opposed to a fake one? I'm not entirely sure what it means either. And maybe he'll I, be I in the... I think he means like, I have never heard of three pedals on the floor that is not a manual. I mean, some weird like clutchless thing, but again, not... Hmm. How does this question start again? Um, Northwestern PA here. Uh, recommended daily. That's a true three-pedal manual. Toyota Corolla. I, I, I'm <laughs> it will so, always I, be the answer. I, I mean, I honestly was trending towards Toyota that Corolla, myself. Toyota Yaris. Because the I, ultimate cool thing would be the Toyota Camry with the V6 with the limited six-speed manual. You find one of those things, it's going to look like a dad mobile, and suddenly you're going to have the greatest and suddenly one of the fastest cars in your friend group. Well, and also I wonder. I'm just giving you examples of things that I would want to drive. Yeah, I do wonder if it's a PA, a Northwest PA thing, if the conditions are necessarily worse than they are here in terms of long term. Well, car. I mean, he's going to have like Western PA is going to have pretty much the same amount of snow we get, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, same amount of. But salt. I mean, I. Oh, true three pedal meaning that it's not an automated manual. Okay, yeah, then all of those things, you know, standard transmission. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I. If you have to have all-wheel drive, then here's your Subaru Impreza. Please do not put an exhaust on it. It'll sound like ass. <laughs> Subarus without without turbos sound like g -g -g garbage with exhausts on it. They're already rumbly. They don't need to be louder. Is it a 2.5 RS from 1998? No. Well, okay then. Yeah. Don't put an like that. You can okay. They they made those things to be kind of performances. The WRX without a turbo, but Anything else, you'd look like a goober. A goober. Brian Vance says, literature question. In the song Fire Escapes by Smoke, or, wait, what? In the song Fire Escape, in the song Fire Escapes by, see, he has, uh, he has two colons there, which makes it look like it's uh, uh, an analogy. Oops. In the song oh, yeah. Fire Escapes by Smoke or Fire, the guy says, they say eight stars is all you get. I have never been able to figure out what this means. Any ideas? Eight stars, stars is all you How many get Dragon Balls were there? Um, Six? Eight stars. What is eight stars? I mean, are we talking about the stars Milky from Way Super Mario has, RPG? Uh, Big Dipper is one, two, three, four, five. I think that's seven stars. They say eight stars is all you get, but I don't want to make the same mistake. Sometimes I wish this all would burn to the ground. Yeah, the band's name is Smoke or Fire, and the song is called Fire Escapes. I've never heard of them before. Nope. I feel like I should. Uh, eight stars is all you get. Maybe it's just one of the, what, what year? Uh, does not say, mm. but let's see. Yeah, I don't know what that could be a reference to. 
looking out and looking up for an answer and still nobody's making any sense. Finding quiet in the city is like a treasure and I never would have expected it here. They say eight stars is all you get, but I don't want to make the same mistake. Sometimes I wish this all would burn to the ground and we'd have to start all over again. Um, oh, okay. Um, well, sounds like a child wrote it. Let's see. Eight sounds stars. like there's that one character from Undertale who says, I'm I'm 21 and I've already wasted my whole life. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think if it's not Tom Waits, I find it very hard that someone in their early 20s could write about love and loss. Hmm. I was listening to like your mom's house and no way it was one of the Bill Burr podcasts. And there was like uh, some guy, some kid who's about to go off to college and like breaking up with his girlfriend because we're going to separate schools and he said, this is the relationship I've always wanted. And they're like, you're 18. <laughs> You've been eight, seven, six, five. Three years ago, you were 15. <laughs> when did you like, like if I was on that, like, like, okay, when did you learn to beat off? Yeah. 11, 12, usually early teens or like preteen, you figure that shit out. Yeah. Like, and how many years passed? This is the love of your life when before all it took was to see half a boob and you can put that in the spank bank. Oh, man. Yeah. And you'll be living off it for oh. years. And I mean, honestly, it's the take takeout box and it just says bust later on it. <laughs> yeah. It's a takeaway pizza of good memories, I guess. Dennis Johnson. Thank you for the donation. Thank you for getting the audio podcast back up and running again. You made my long dog walks much more enjoyable. Thanks. Thanks. And thank you for your donation. Keeping RCR rolling. Um, yeah. In addition to going down to North Georgia next month, uh, tentatively later this month, uh, we'll be in uh, Manhattan for one night. Um, I don't know the time schedule. We're going to be guests on uh the adam friedland show um formerly come down formerly of come town yeah. and but i don't know when it's going to be released so i don't know if adam or nick mullen knows or how 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 soon it, it releases i i saw uh nick mullen sent me a text about he showed me a picture of the new studio which of course I can't share yeah um but looks good though did you get it to, or did yeah. you post it on Instagram? No, you sent it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Looks um, good. Oh, I got a text from a hiker that I'm supposed to pick up at five. It says, I'm in Port Clinton now. Stop at the Port Clinton Hotel for some food. Got to text him back. Uh, da, 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 da. Sorry about this. Appalachian no, through hikers. There's a uh, question I can answer while you're doing that. Um, Roman, you should do an RCR stories on the rise and fall of Plymouth. Who killed Plymouth? Was it Chrysler? Or was it somebody? Some I don't think Who it was another Plymouth. Yeah, I don't think it was another GM murder. Or yeah, did, well Plymouth, uh, like everything Dodge was Plymouth, and I remember like during the nineties there was no difference. Like uh, a Plymouth neon and a Dodge neon, exactly the same thing, different badge. They would like Chrysler tried even less than General Motors to like disguise the subbrands. Yeah. Hmm. It was all very. Uh, this one is about. Um, our memories uh, as teenagers in PA at the time, do you have a take on Woodstock 99? 
by uh, Patrick because it was good because uh, he recently saw a documentary on it. It was a take on '90s culture, which we're mm-hmm. obviously very prevalent on. And uh, I don't know if he means the Netflix documentary or the HBO documentary, but I remember going to the VF outlet, going to the deli there, getting a huge roast beef hoagie and a like a monster sized potato salad, and going back to just sort of sit in front of my tv and watch woodstock 99 and i'm like i don't even and never mind this is back when i was in shape and could eat whatever i want with no Mm -hmm. effects but i'm like i have no idea what i was thinking like the show itself was a terrible show everybody's set was terrible Mm -hmm. and it's something where it's like mtv wasn't sure how to shoot it everybody was hot and miserable Mm -hmm. uh people fucking died mm-hmm. uh you know all sorts of horrible things were happening to where you know there was no uh sort of water oh or, that was the water scout of like water gouging yeah, yeah. What, they were it's just it was held on a whole uh uh i want to say it was like an air strip or something along those lines so they were on like macadam or whatever and it was just hot the whole time it was soaking up heat and redistributing it throughout all these people who just Mm -hmm. smell awful and it's i i don't know that you could have paid me to be there never mind the fact that i was maybe 14 at the time Mm -hmm. uh or having just about to turn 14 but even then it's you end up in this headspace of thinking even though it's awful like this is what cool people do and mm. so it creates this disunity between what you think is actually cool yeah. and what is actually cool. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that they Woodstock is not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea of it, it was so of its moment. And yet even then, every single time that Woodstock gets mythologized, it's always in the context of like, well, we were miserable, but, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now during my time, that was so ninety-nine was the summer of ninety-nine. So that yeah. was the summer between my junior and senior year. I was so deep into marching band then. Like if it if it wasn't a, if it wasn't DCI, Drum Corps International, didn't care. <laughs> like that was my music. Yeah. Well, it was that and Dave Matthews and Ben Folds Five. Nice. And uh yeah, I didn't really start listening to rap until college. I think I had I had Whitey Ford sings the blues. That was rap. Um, All out. But yeah, most of my CDs were like, if there's not if there's not brass instruments in this band, I don't care. You know, <laughs> brass or something. It, it um, or classic rock because I like classic rock. But yeah, so I I knew that when uh, that Woodstock '99 was happening, I, it felt like something. But. Yeah, that was, I knew I was a senior going in and I was excited to become a senior. Although I remember that summer, I I remember this feeling walking on to the parking lot thinking, I don't really want to, I wanted to do marching band, but I didn't want to go to marching band practice anymore. Yeah. I just wanted to hang out. I was like, I, but I, I knew it was something I had to do because all my friends were there. It's like, what are you not going to hang out with your friends all the time? Yeah. In marching band. Um, half of it was just being a drummer, carrying my drum, standing around, um, still not memorizing music. <laughs> I'm still not. I'm sp- I'm, I'm going to be playing in some sort of band in Philly at the end of this, but that's for me, not for you guys. 
out there. Sorry, that's not an RCR thing. That's a me thing. Um, but I'll be in a kind of Louisiana style. Um, what's the name for the Mardi Gras band that just like one of those bands yeah. and I'll have my bass drum and I'll have a gay old time in Philly. I shoot. I've been meaning to, uh, cause Jim Shulman told me to contact, um, uh, the Philly Tourist Bu Bureau, like visit Philly. Yeah. Because they love good press. Because Ooh. we had no plans to like march or do anything like that. We were, it was going to be, at, you know, an, an indoor thing at this little festival. Yeah. And, but I freaking wanted to play outside. And could I get like a street, a permit just to like be on the street for a little bit? Yeah, just play outside. One, because I have what a 38-inch Pearl Champion bass drum, which playing indoor drumline taught me about this, how to play marching equipment inside, which is just ever so softly. Because the <laughs> thing I love about marching equipment is that these bass drums are made to be heard clearly 150 to 200 yards away. You're supposed to be able to hear these drums in the upper deck of the stands. That's you know, because it comes like marching bands come from war. And if you want to get all Jocko Willink about it, that's what these drums, you're supposed to be hearing these drums a mile away because that's how big these formations were like civil war and prior to keep everybody in step. Not that they had to be perfectly in step for these things, but we're all going to move at the same time. We have no, there's no two way radios. I mean, there was telegrams and stuff like that, but they didn't do that. You need some sort of signaling mechanism that can, reach people a mile away. So snare drum hits your staccato uh, treble. That's your high treble. You have a bass drum that gets your low notes. When our power is combined, you have sound that can, that can pierce forests. <laughs> and so, yeah, you can hear them over hills. Like, like you can hear when, when, when I'm, when we're at the racquetball club, sometimes if we have like an evening shooter, I'm just going to the gym there. And the Blue Mountain High School marching band is about a mile away and they're practicing. They're over a hill and through trees. <laughs> and you can hear the boom, boom, chicum, boom, 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 um, speaking of middle school, um, oh, anyway, uh, Carfoolery uh, says, you tell both everyone to get a manual Toyota Corolla, but neither of you have ever had one. What are you talking about? I own a Toyota Sarah, a JDM Toyota Sarah. That's mostly Toyota. Toyota and GM are like the king of part swapping. That's pretty much a Corolla. Oh, wait, what am I talking about? I used to own a Toyota Echo which is Corolla part. So no, true. I haven't owned specifically a Corolla, but I think on a long enough timeline, I'll propose the idea to burn ash that that should be a giveaway car, manual transmission Corolla. I suppose he's open to the idea, but you know, the giveaways are supposed to get heat. So um, when it comes to like regular cars is already a niche thing. 
Yeah. Within the car world. Like who wants to like listen to a car review that's half dick jokes and half uh, social. comparative <laughs> social commentary and comparative logical uh, <laughs> li yeah. uh, comparative literary criticism. Um, there is much there's a wider desire for people to own a enthusiast car than there is to own a everyday car that can be retconned into an enthusiast car, which is, of course, what I like. I keep telling Burnash, we got to do the Camry with the 6MT, the 6MT Camry. I got to go it's in the a other big direction. American boat, <laughs> and it has a six-speed in it, and they only made so many of these, and they're beige, and they're invisible. We're <laughs> missing the chili festival. We're <laughs> missing it. <laughs> I was listening to, like, I wish I had a button that just did uh, the Bo Sizzlack connection. Do you remember that throwaway bit? Would you, uh, They're listening. They turn on the radio. And it's like, and now the Mo Sizzlack. Mo, like, Mo, Mo, Mo. How do you like me? How do you like me? Mo, Mo, Mo. Why don't, don't you like, like me? me? Nobody likes me. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, would you happen to either own one? Um, well, Nick eventually has to, like, replace Betty at some point. Yeah, and you've been sending me a lot of, like, really great suggestions and one of the chief among them, Toyota Corolla. Oh. And it was a very nice, uh, or and even a Matrix, too. It, yeah, it's just the Matrix, technically a Corolla. Technically overseas. a Corolla. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've been looking at all of these things. They're very nice. I mean, I had recently, what's weird is that I had recently uh, sent Betty in for her, like, semi-annual, is semi-annual every six months? Well, either way, for her, like, checkup, <laughs> yeah. she just, you know, checking her fluid levels, all that. Oh, or, just like an oil change and like check stuff while you're there. Yeah, okay. rotate to alignment, yeah. all that stuff. I, I also wanted to get the brakes checked out. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, everything's fine now. Uh, shout out to King's Auto Repair in mm -hmm. West Reading, and um, they gave me a loaner car of a 2004 Jeep Liberty that I really enjoyed. And that was me going when you said that. Like really? I was like, well, I mean, how but, bad is Betty getting when <laughs> Liberty? Well, I mean, it's not it, good. What I like about it, right, is that I guess I'm riding a little higher. True. Um, it has more room mm -hmm. because I am at a po point where I do flea market, so I am hauling stuff. But those aren't necessarily requirements. And you know me, like the reason why the driving impressions in an RCR script are always Brian's and never mine is because I'm way too easy to please mm. way too easy to please. I like everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, either it has to be really, really bad or yeah, it has to be like so irredeemable, you know, like a mercury Mariner type mm -hmm. John that I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm a very, I don't know. I, I just don't, I should care more, but I, yeah. I don't. Uh, and so, I mean, I was looking at everything now, a lot of these suggestions, like the LS 430 would be a really nice car to have. And, um, so would, you know, uh, I mean, even a fit would be nice, honestly, but yeah, I'm trying to think of it. I don't know. Cause See, a Mustang was easy because I felt like that fit in with who I am or am trying to be, or not trying to be. I should say that, like, 
it fit in generally with my personality. Mm -hmm. And whereas I don't, I, I guess I don't have a hard enough grasp on my automotive personality post Mustang. I just know that I don't want the next one to be a Mustang. So it, it, the choice is less obvious these days, even though the right answer is generally Toyota something. So RAV4, you know, that, yeah. that would be nice. RAV4 like 90s style. Yeah. Um, Brandon Brews, uh, thank you for donating. I was watching you guys since middle school, now going into college. We did have time. A why you punish me? I can't. No one can do Darius. I can't do it either. But yeah, that's that's more. Uh, uh, shoot. Uh, collective. No, the the Pearl Jam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No one can do Darius. Rucker. Can anybody do Darius Rucker? Can you teach me about tomorrow and all the pain and sorrow, running free? Yeah. Tomorrow is just another day, and I don't believe in time. I'm still surprised people were actually surprised that he went into country because, like. We were singing with a bit of a time. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, letter is it letter cry? Letter, yeah. like, that's basically a country song. Yeah, like, that's a better than most of the country songs yeah, of yeah. that time. Yeah, um, oh, that's such a good song. Uh, watching you guys since middle school and now going into college, any tips that you guys have for a college freshman going into engineering? Rest in peace, me. Good major, excellent major. Yeah, you will always be valuable. Leave the car at home. Like, well, we don't know if he's going like a commuter. So, so we'll leave the, the car out of it. Leave your high school hangups behind. Now I'm projecting like maybe you don't have high school hangups. Yeah, but these are things I wish I knew too. Yeah. You know? um, make as many friends as you can. Know that most human brains do not finish forming until age 25. So it's okay uh, that you don't know stuff. Join extracurricular activities. Uh, they can sometimes teach you more than your, than your classes. The professors aren't out to get you. The ones that are mean are just lazy. Don't run your mouth in class. <laughs> um, it's really easy to pass classes if you show up. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a, that is true. Don't drink. Well, someone in the comments said don't drink too much. And I agree with that. Oh yeah. It's very yeah. Easy it's, it's the, the, there's no it. truth at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, there there's really no truth isn't. at the bottom of the bottle. There, there is none. Um, I didn't really go to any drinking parties. I mean, I got sort of morally. I drank more after college than during because I missed everybody. Yeah. Stay in touch with the people you meet. Um, do, 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 uh, take a lot of pictures. Yes. I, I have a shitload of pictures from college just to remember when I had longer hair mm -hmm. and well, not just for that, but I mean, like I had a lot of really good times then with my friends, most of which were a blur, but for those yeah. pictures. So 
Yeah. It's take pictures, save them, even if they're just on your your regular computer. Um even print it. Start investing now. Money that you would spend on car parts or video games or new computer parts or fun things. Open an online stock account like TD Ameritrade. I'm just saying that because that's what I use. Call in and explain that you're college freshman, you're this year old. I'd like to get a head start on my retirement. And open a Roth IRA. And if you have some sort of job or money coming in from something, add money to your Roth IRA's money market account. A money market account is like a bank account, but with a you know, stock trading company. It's you do add money to it. And then from there, you buy stocks and securities. And you will buy just big tech stocks, anything that pays a dividend. A dividend is interest on the stock you buy, meaning that company is now paying you usually four times a month, a small amount for holding on to, for holding, for, for owning shares of that stock. And over the, you're going to be doubling your money in 20 years. And that's a difficult thing to propose to a freshman because I'm talking in a time scale that's already your entire life. But this is how, and I'm using some very harsh terms, this is how you don't be a loser when you're 40. Doing stuff in your 20s is like giving your middle-aged self a break, a big, big break. Um, but it's, I don't know if I can assemble the right combinations of words to convince a 20-year-old to do this because I need the money for insert thing that doesn't matter. Um, you don't need to save your textbooks because it's a huge racket. Yeah. In a lot of cases, you don't even need to buy them in the first place. I kind of lucked out being an English major in that a lot of the assigned coursework would just be books I could either get out of the library or literally something I can go down to any bookstore and get for $10 rather than whatever obscene price they're yeah, charging the at the bookstore. Yeah. You can usually buy, if it's like, you need the 10th edition of something, something mechanics. Well, guess what? The ninth edition is the same shit with a few different pages that are different. And that, that book will be, I don't know, $40 versus $80 versus $120 at the university bookstore. God, bookstores are such a scam. Um, I hope I'm answering your correct questions. I, I, mm, are there more super chats? Cause I could keep yeah, going are. on about this. Um, thank you. Th thank you. I, I hope I gave you your $5 money's worth for, for that. Um, 
regular chat question this gamer fallout says hey i have a 1960 studebaker lark in southeast pa if you're interested in reviewing it it's a pa original car that's rust free that was used in lancaster to transport amish people around so this is a chance to plug the website it's just regular car review singular.com and there will be a submission form at the bottom of the page is it I think, I, it's, I think it's dead center. Oh, all right. Yeah, just fill that out. Um, and There's also a link usually in every single car review we do. In yeah. The link in the YouTube video, like regularcarreview.com. And it'll take you right there. But and... I'm interested if you have a Studebaker, because we don't really get those too much. Um, if you're still listening, send an email to regular car, uh, regularcars at gmail.com, Studebaker in Pennsylvania. Regularcarreviews at gmail.com with the email heading Studebaker in Pennsylvania. Once again, that is regularcarreviews at gmail.com. No, regularcars at gmail.com. Fuck, you're right. Regularcars at gmail.com, Studebaker in Pennsylvania in the subject line. Regularcars at gmail.com, Studebaker in Pennsylvania in the subject line. And that's something interesting because lately I've been selecting cars for the channel based on stuff I want to drive <laughs> and not a nice arrangement of cars. And I realized it's just a bunch of old Toyotas. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, I have this plethora of just the big T. And I'm like, we're going to need some other stuff here. Yeah. So, and what we haven't done in a while is Mercedes. So I need to go through the submission list and find Mercedes in Pennsylvania to add them to the mix. Gosh, in, in retrospect, if we go down to Atlanta, that'd be cool to find like an old Mercedes. Take that around a track. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, Georgia area Hill, people chose. Hill Gack, thank you for the donation, says, hey, I don't know if you guys are coming to Wichita to do some stuff with Hoovy or not. As of now, I have no Nebraska. Wichita, Kansas. I have no, We have no uh, Kansas plans, unfortunately. Um, but if you guys are here for a weekend when the SCCA is running rally cross, you're welcome to drive my SC tie, Ed. Not, I am a terrible wheel guy. I mean... Uh, I do have a helmet. I don't have a fire suit. Um, so I need all of that. Um, but I'm more interested in that shifter cart thing that uh, <laughs> that do it with Dan wants to do. I like carts, and I'm probably going to drive them really slowly. But that's a good suggestion. Thank you, Hillcock. Ah, uh, water. Nice. Mm. 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 This person says no fire suit needed. It's just like mm. autocross, but on dirt, but mm. uh, on dirt. Oh, I was going to mm. vibe with the. Mm. 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 Isaac says, I just had my Chevy Bolt bought back by GM. Here's some money for Betty's replacement from my windfall. Mm. Oh, Thank you. Nice. Very nice. That sucks. Is it a new Chevy Bolt? Um, so far, everything's good with my Kia Niro. I, I really never revealed it yet with the main channel. I mean, people already figured out what it was. I mean, we and, can do it when we review it. I yeah. Would say. yeah. And just like, Gosh, that's another thing we got to get Ben or something to do. Yeah. It, it'll break up the Toyotas in there. Yeah. And yeah, that should be something. Uh, what is the brownest summer activity? Uh, says the actual team, Ryan. Asking this from a hole 10 on a rundown Midwestern mini golf course. <laughs> uh, the brownest summer activity is me eating half a watermelon and intentionally giving myself diarrhea so I can sit with the butt cleaner just blasting my ass because I don't really feel like going over to my parents' house to jump in the pool. Mm, let's see. Uh, going to an auto 
parts swap meet Ugh, going to an going to a uh, parts hunting in a pick and pull junkyard on a day like today. Ugh. Um, dipping your feet in a local creek while eating a ham boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to catch crayfish. Mm. I keep thinking about that kitten. Oh, the kitten you got it was, to hold. Yeah, that I got to hold. That the was newborn kitten. Yeah. So the owner of uh, the co- one of the coffee shops we go to. Um, they found a kitten or a kitten in their backyard or something, found a stray kitten, but it's only like a week old. Its Mm -hmm. eyes are open, but it has no teeth yet. And it tries to nurse everything Yeah, and makes the tiniest noise. Um, you know, when little, when, when kittens are are really small, they can't retract their claws. They're like rats. Yeah. (laughs) And it's also doing that thing. It has no strength. It just kind of wobbles around. Yeah, kind of like a baby who has no control over their head yeah. yet or their neck. They don't have the strength to be able no, to hold their yeah. head up, so they're just constantly looking around. Um, I get lonely here a lot, and I thought about having a pet, but at the same time, I leave a lot. Yeah. And so, like, you'd you have need to call the ability somebody. to just be like, I'm yeah, out. Gone. I don't even have any plants in this house. That's another thing, like. I asked someone like Grace or someone like that who's friends with Foster and Donovan. Yeah, you know him as Adler the Eagle. And why their house is so cool. And like, oh, there's plants everywhere. That's why it feels nice. Oh. And they have like low maintenance plants that are like vines and stuff. And I need some of that. Well, you've been plants in. You gotta water. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've been in my condo with how we've got like plants all over the place. But the difference is that. A lot of those plants, you can go a while without watering, uh-huh. and they just sort of chill out there, and they're loving it and they're thriving and everything. And those are the types of plants that are great if you can go three weeks and remind yourself in three weeks mm-hmm. that, well, shit, I got to water this plant. And I am not that person. Luckily, my girlfriend is. Again, a total lack of shelving and space in here. Like I'd have to buy shelving. You should enter one of those like automotive, like like the automotive heritage awards thing, so that you can win something, so you have more stuff to hang. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have that printer from Corey that printed like some stuff, like that picture of the um the Rover seventy five from our trip in the chair, uh, like on the runway. That's there. Oh, nice. So it's like a medium format printer that can print nice stuff. And I spent like a day before it got really hot. I went to Goodwill and just bought a bunch of pictures and just with a utility knife, just cut the pictures out of them because I just needed the frames. And each one was like a dollar and a half per picture. And I'm like, I'm I'm not buying all of these and I'm just going to fill them with stuff. And then like, says we just released a video. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, I, I was meaning to put that up. I put that up as the thing went. Uh, as we went live yeah it's just nonsense like i've been trying to do my part for the second channel but it's just like i i keep going to start but nonsense videos mostly on the toilet this fall i plan to really machine gun a bunch of like uh, second channel videos in a row before doing a new rcr stories because they're so time consuming Mm -hmm. but like I want to do the Delaware review. I want to do uh, 
your idea of the invest car investment video um do a sort of sister carry video um a review of i don't know review of other things like college or reviewing um i don't know just weird stuff that but doing it in the rcr style and then just banging out a bunch of those that release for every week for maybe like a month just to kind of mm -hmm. get us into the ecosystem of i don't know just get the second channel into the ecosystem yeah. so um uh, yeah. michael says a car that no one expects to be somewhat quick and fun is my 2007 toyota yaris ts it has the 1.8 uh uh 2zrfe from the usdm corolla nice we never got that we got the yaris gr that was it or did we even get the yaris gr no, now we have the Corolla G, the GR Corolla. That's the three-cylinder turbo, like 300 horsepower or something. Was it like 250 or something like that? So no, we never got a performance Yaris. There was, I think, a Yaris Sport, but all that got you was fog lights. Hmm. Never know they would have made that. That's nice. Were they all one? Yeah, because they were all 1.49s. They were all technically one point. Like they were advertising was 1.5 liters. It's interesting that we never got that. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. D Fowler says, do you guys have a post office box for fan mail, gifts or anything? Yeah, I do. Um, just DM me on any of my social media and, and I'll let you know what it is. I don't feel like saying it here. Mostly I have the, I have the post office for like, so the business can be legal and, but I do have it and I'm not very good about checking it. I remember the, someone sent me something and it bounced back because it's like, I didn't go there for like a month or two. Hmm. Because I go, oh, I gotta go get the key. Because I don't like having a lot of keys on my key ring. Um, <laughs> I, I I am Mister All of the Keys. Okay. All of yeah, the I keys. Want, yeah. yeah, I like minimal keys. Um, you know what? I should put. I should put the key on on the. Uh, no, it the post office box key has its own key ring. Cause I got to remember what this Brown key is for. Mm. Cause it's, it's very much, you know, a post office key doesn't look like a house key. No. So it looks like for something, it looks like a furniture key, like for an old roll top desk. <laughs> so it'd be easily mistaken for like, Oh, this is something from dad's house. My parents still hang on to keys for cars. I don't have anymore. Really? Yeah. Like the old minivan, they still have that key. Why? Or is it just a sort of inertia thing of like, this would require me to throw it away. Yeah. And I mean, I can kind of understand that just mm -hmm. because there are a lot of things that I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with it later. And you keep kicking the can down the line. Mm -hmm. And then after a while you're like, well, realistically, I'm never going to need this, but like, what if, what if, yeah, it's, uh, I don't even know the specificity of what type of scenario is being envisioned when that happens of like, what if for some reason, it somehow comes back around to being in my possession or what if somebody like pulls the key out of the garbage and then goes and finds that car and now they have the key for it mm -hmm. and now they can steal the guy. Like, I don't even know. It's weird. Uh, I need to get you a pad. Yeah. I keep doing that. Maybe like if I'll, I just do this, there we go. I'm becoming, right. No, no it's all right. It's be, I'm becoming like Frank Underwood actually. Yeah. There we go. Um, Summer's back. 
like every year I get sad in August because I feel I have to go back to school. Oh yeah. It's that residual. And that was two decades ago. <laughs> I got excited for going back to college because my boys were there. My gang was there. There was feeling of companionship and a strife against an unknown enemy as we sailed Lehigh Hall to glorious shores. We were in this, whatever this was, together. And I can understand a little bit about the stuff Jocko Willink talks about, about forming bonds with people you normally wouldn't be friends with uh, in the service. Because a lot of the people I was friends with in college were very, very different from me. Most of them married now. Most of them working jobs. And of course, you were in your 20s, so everybody's rowdy. You were bonded by your own invulnerability or perceived invulnerability. And I wonder how much that is cranked up when now, if when you're in the service and you now all have guns. <laughs> I can imagine the friendship would be iron tight. But we were all dumb. And I suppose nothing changes when you're in the service. You're, the, you're just the same sort of people who are in every other parts of development, de developing adulthood. Yes. But I guess what I miss the most, well, I miss the people the most. You know, for my birthday, I drove over to Kutztown. Um, they do have a charging station at Young Ones at the record store. Nice. So there is a, a charge point over there. I didn't need it, but I went over there and walked the entire length of the town. I walked in uh, the old lecture halls. The smell was fantastic. But there always is this sort of Holden Clawfield sense of goodbye that I can't really find. Although Holden Clawfield in the book really did find a sense of goodbye. I think it was like a football or, or something, a chair or something like that. But I kept thinking if I knew what I was capable of doing, like just making videos on the Internet, how ahead of the game or how really honestly richer I would be now if I knew what was coming with social media and online content. Yeah. But would a 19 year old brain, an 18 or 19 year old brain be able to cope with the responsibility of having so many eyes upon you? And the answer is, of course, no. Um, having that little foresight of an underdeveloped brain, like we all have before average age 25, I would have said something horrific. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that would be the end. And I think the real test now of people who do start a sort of social media or online content creation career uh, in their teenage years, uh, the ones who will survive will be the uh, type of people who have a long distance vision and understand that their skeleton ideas that they have at age 18 are not worth ruining their future over voicing. The only way to really do that in a 
fiscally mature way in that not saying things that will cripple you financially um, is to do it is to have your art be so good. Yeah. I'm talking Eminem. Good. I'm talking Dre. Good. I'm talking, you know, iced tea. Good. Like people who can do some shit when they're young and uh, everything's all right. Like, um, Didn't didn't like someone that was like Motley Crue literally kill a guy, like run a guy over or something like that. I mean, Marky Mark did a hate crime. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, and uh, you know, it's like all of these different things that people have long memories until they don't. Mm-hmm. They just because they're selective about which dragons they want to slay. Mm-hmm. You know, not every not everyone is Parthenax. But nice reference. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go pee. All right, I'm gonna look at your phone because I did the dad click so I can see oh, the chat. Cool. Picking up your stuff. All theirs. I'm touching your things. Uh, Brandon Beerviews says, "Thank you guys for the long response. I definitely feel that I got my money's worth. Already putting my grad gift money into an account. Was working to save, but was laid off. Uh, yeah, um, jobs you have when you're young, they're just that. They're jobs." You're, and just like me, uh, the career you may end up having may not exist right now. There was uh, nothing called content creation in the year 2000 when I went to college as a freshman. Um, uh, Chrono Tango says, makes you wonder how much of Justin Bieber's success is actually because of his own actions. Well, he is a talented musician. Never forget that. And not the adults about him pointing his future. Okay, yeah, he, there's definitely uh, the correct adults. Uh, around him who said, hey, you got to put some money around. He definitely, his management was fantastic. Um, but again, you know, not having not having the unchained childhood be immediately forced into a career, not forced, but I could think of worse things. But yeah, of course, being insular, uh, you need handlers to remind, to remind you how the world works. Um, to remind you how to stay humble or force humility onto them uh, in a tangible sense. I wonder if uh, Ewan McGregor, was he in the service? Because he was, I don't think, he was always, was he always an actor? I kind of think he was like a child actor. Um, He was really young in train spotting. Let's see. Ewan McGregor. I'm kind of thinking in train spotting, he was like 21, which means he was, he might've been in theater before that. I wonder like, cause he strikes me as someone who knew how to keep his act together um, as, you know, not do any dumb shit. And it makes me think he was in the military a little bit. Let's he see. was in Black Hawk Down, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. I remember he got teased, though, by the American actors because his arms weren't big enough or something like that. I just remember his line of like when he's making coffee and they ask what he's like very proudly declaring California blend. And I just thought the delivery of the line was like so jovial and cheery in a very British way, even though the American accent was still kind of on point. Yeah. And for that line anyway. But um, let's I see. What do you mean California blend? 
I don't even know. Is it light roast, dark roast or something? Uh, McGregor attended Morrison's Academy. After leaving school at the age of 16, he worked as a stagehand at Perth Theater and studied a foundation course in drama at Kirkcaldy College of Technology before moving to London to study drama at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama when he was 18 years old. So six months prior to graduation, blah, 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 blah. Get me to train spotting. Um his international breakthrough role followed with the role of heroin addict Mark Renton in Boyle's Train Spotting in 1996. So let's see, he was born in 71, so oh, okay. he would have been 25 yeah, for okay, Train Spotting. So yeah. But still, that's kind of, and you know, after that, Phantom Menace, and he's off to the races. Yeah. He had a really good uh, interview, like later on like talking about the prequels and how he was like, they weren't, we were doing the best we could with the stuff we were given, which is like not a good way of saying like, uh, you know, the writing wasn't great. (laughs) And and even like, uh, I forget who did the, like a good George Lucas impression. It might've been just Hamill because he can do everybody. Yeah. And just, oh yeah, just the same thing, but better (laughs) like that. And, you know, the red letter media said like, uh, during the time of the prequels, uh, George Lucas, now an older man, just wants his stories. And but anyway, uh, McGregor was saying like, OK, these really were kids movies. And there were people now that I'm doing the the, the series. Yeah. The Obi-Wan series are people who are involved in this, who saw the movies when they were kids and they have a childhood view of them. And the movies made a lot to them. It's like, oh, OK, I can look back at them and say, OK, I made some nice childhood memories for for the kids. But from my perspective, I don't, I don't feel that you can retcon the, the, um, the prequels into having any substance. I mean, I guess you could say, oh, they really represented the idealism of a, of a Republican, a Republic era galaxy. I mean, the, the, the thing with the prequels that's weird is that you are, is that the skeleton of it is potentially interesting in the sense that if you were to hypothetically depict how a system is corrupted from within through the somewhat, I mean, on its face, benign processes of like galactic government. Yeah. Um, But they don't really do that. They take someone in Palpatine who isn't really that, or depicted as being that popular among his own constituents and then just frame it as, okay, I guess we're going with this guy now, even though, and nobody's questioning it. Like everyone's just applauding now that he has like red letter media was saying like, don't, don't mind my suddenly monster face or this incredulous story. I'm telling about the guardians of peace and justice throughout the galaxy, suddenly deciding they're going to take over and try to, murder the supreme chancellor it's just a very weird thing i i I don't know yep nope i mean i love them in a very childish way because i love all star wars and but it's something where i'm under no it's how i feel about reading like i'm under no pretense that it's actually good (laughs) but i have a love for it just because of what it's meant to me over the years so yeah yeah I like the beginning of New Hope. I like all of Empire. Yeah. I like the beginning of Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. I like the entirety of 
Is it uh, Force Awakens? Uh, no. Well, okay. Force Awakens is just member berries. Yeah. Force Awakens is, I remember I tweeted after I saw Force Awakens, I was really nervous going into it. And I'm like, okay, all I want is to Star Wars. Just give me Star Wars. It's like going to the Mannheim Diner. It's like, just don't fuck it up. It's yeah. like, oh, this is, you made a Star Wars-like movie. Great. Yeah. It's like, my, my in a Calvin and Hobbes way, my expect my bar for expectation is lowered to, to the point that it's on the floor. And anything above that is like, oh, okay, you gave me Star Wars. Fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, Rogue One was like, oh, that's a self-contained story that doesn't have to have any sort of callbacks to anything. Okay, that you made a story. And away it goes. Are you done yet? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a diesel pickup, I guess. It has to be uh, used. You have to let it idle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll probably keep this up for another 15 minutes, and then I'm right. going to get ready to pick up that uh, hiker. I never noticed what a weird head shape I have. I mean, granted, it runs in my family. Like, we all have abnormally huge heads, and I had to get mine weighed after I was born because they mm. assumed something was wrong. Uh -oh. um, it was just fluid. But mm. still, my mom, I mean, I was a C-section. Actually, we were all C-sections. Yeah. Very tiny lady. But still. How many kids? Uh, just three. So me, my brother, and my sister. Give your mom a Ziploc. <laughs> I mean, she, what's... I forget she was like semi-conscious during and and describes it as the most painful thing she's ever been through. And I'm like, why would they not put you out? What is the what kind of clown shoes operation are they running here? Yeah. This hospital. Yeah. This freaking the Reading uh, Hospital? No, I was born in a hospital that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist <laughs> uh, anymore. Uh community general in Reading, PA. Ooh. So Sounds I like think an HBO series. it does. It's like, like one of those jaunty eighties shit is what going was down. ER? Was that just like the love and the restless, but in a hospital? Pretty much. Okay. It was Grey's Anatomy before Grey's Anatomy, but okay. it's like one of those things where, well, technically it was after St. Elsewhere, which I guess is the proto ER. It's the TV show that gave us Denzel Washington and, Howie huh. Mandel. Really? Uh, but yeah, it's um uh and 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 spawned the trope of or didn't spawn the trope, but spawned the concern of a show ending with saying it was all in someone's head because the finale reveals that the entire series took place inside the mind of an autistic boy huh. uh, uh named Tommy Westfall. And then there's huh. this huge unifying online theory of the Tommy Westfall universe. Because certain characters from St. Elsewhere crossed over into other shows that were provably real. And so the idea is that all these different characters are, uh, because of these characters, Was all these he different. in a coma in a hospital? I don't know. I never saw St. Elsewhere, but I know about no, the No, I mean, this Tommy kid. Westfall. Uh, I don't know. I think oh, okay. I think he Whatever. was. I just remember seeing because they talked about it on one of those like VH1 I love the '80s specials mm -hmm. and how that he's just like looking at this snow globe and imagining mm. things, and I'm just kind of like, well, that's a cop out. Yeah, the biggest of all, what is gained by saying that an autistic boy came up with multiple seasons of a very complex medical drama <laughs> that uh, just and not a single instance of trains. Yeah, <laughs> like what's happening here? Um, Chrono Tango says, "Have you guys been on Come Town, the Adam Friedland show?" Uh, no, no, but we did hang out with 
uh, uh, Nick Mullen. Nick Mullen, yeah, at the auto show. And for like, seasons. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to be in our video, and I respect that. Yeah. Because, you know, he's doing his own thing. Um, but we were with him at the video I made called The Last uh, New York Auto Show. He doesn't appear in it. Um, but in fact, he's help. holding, like, Mullen yeah. is holding my GoPro yeah. most of the time when I'm talking to it. Uh, uh, there at the auto show. He was dressed so professionally. I was so I impressed. I told him to do that. Like, <laughs> I, I was a little bit concerned because, like, looking back, I think he could have just showed up. Well, he could have shown up in jeans. He, he could have. T-shirt it's, or something. It's, it's me having a reverence for the Javits Center and my unrealistic romantic, uh, uh, romantic viewpoint of, of New York City. Yeah. And that I like the auto show. And... I learned in the world of automotive journalism is like going to Montreal. If you make an attempt to speak French, you'll be fine. People will like will accept you. If you go to the auto show and you're dressed nice, you can ask to sit in things that are closed. Ah, and if 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 you look the part, security there won't be a. For for once, I want to be called sir without it being followed by you're making yeah. a scene. So that's the whole thing. Like it's 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 why I wear a shirt and tie when I get on an airplane because if I want to ask for something extra, usually I get it. Yeah. Um. And if not, I'm turned down, but in a very nice, polite way. They're in uniform. I'm in uniform, and I want to be able to go up and talk to representatives and ask them questions that I want to ask. And they're in a tie. I'm in a tie. Now, granted, I was wearing cargo shorts, well, uh, hiking shorts, but I was wearing a night, my, my, my vest, tie, I'm not a problem outfit. Yes. Um, and he was wearing, you know, a blazer, doing a nice tieless blazer with the uh, prescription sunglasses. Um, he looked like, uh, he honestly looked like a rep from like Cadillac or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was great. Like a rat, no, excuse me. He more looked like an Acura type of thing. Although, yeah, Honda didn't show up, but he looked like a, a rep from one of your sharper luxury brands. And if he if he had like a like like a silver or reflective name tag, he could have probably just walked backstage. Probably, just yeah. like, I'm here from something or other. I'm looks like, like All right. he just looked so important. Yeah, and it's man, I, that was a really weird. It had the vibe of like a high school reunion after the popular kids stopped going. Yeah, I felt so bad that like I hyped up the auto show to Nick and Mullen and Nick. Oh, speaking um, of which, uh, Corey Walton's in the chat. Hey, she Corey was Walton. with us, on, and she was also part with of our us team, there. team regular at the New York Auto Show. She was all Corey Walton. Uh, yeah, longtime friend of the show. Uh, she was all excited for uh, Volkswagen's the Volkswagen E Bus that was there. Yeah, but also I was just perplexed by Vinfast. Um, that that is the Vietnam yeah. based all electric lineup, an independent company. Which I'm like, okay, who are they sourcing their shit from? And they got top billing, like straight. They were normally where I think either Acura or BMW normally is. Yeah, they were just behind the Subaru display, yeah. which is primo real estate. Yeah. There's um, always Ford is always on the left. Subaru is over there. Nissan's over here. And you go back to the wall that faces all of that is sort of the, the Super Bowl spot because it's where everybody ends up. And VinFast paid for that spot I mean, and i'm there there's a picture of me that i don't think i posted maybe i didn't post it because nick mullen like appears in it like he's in the background somewhere but it's me on my back a uh, cory walton took the picture and 
It's me lying on the stage <laughs> on my side, looking underneath one of the VinFast examples. And I'm looking at the welding and I'm seeing this was all hand. This is, this was hand welded in a hurry. Cause I'm like nitpicking welding that I can't do. But I'm like, this roll of dimes is uneven. And then there's a blob right here. This is where your hand stopped. And then you repositioned your body and then continued on down this line. Blob again, Blob. reposition your body. Cause it's like your hands, the reach of your hands ended here and then continued. It, it was odd because part of me just was very skeptical, skeptical and wanted to ask the guy there of like, are you bullshit? Are you bullshitting of, me? Uh, like, is this real or is it like a, is this a tax shelter? We should have like, they were giving rides down in the basement of the Javits center and real. And we should have gone down there and got a ride. Cause I have all these questions about VinFast. Um, who's making their batteries? Who's making their motors? Um, where are they sourcing their material? Uh, I know it's going to be California only release. Yeah. Which is where a lot of these like, like Elios and stuff like uh, California only. Um, the interior fit and finish of that car felt like Nissan quality. So not great. Not, uh, not great. Not terrible. Um, I have a kink in my neck. I need to put some old man rub on it. Nice. And that old man rub in there. Work out the kinks. Let's see. Anything? Yeah, Bobby Bustamante is the guy that doesn't fill out his name in the Scantron and gets an F. Also, he did it in pen. I actually knew people who filled out Scantrons in pen despite not, despite being told multiple times and very forcefully not to do that. But what are you going to do? Um, do we have strong opinions about the letters F and Thorn? Uh, ooh. I don't have any strong opinion one way or the other uh, because I have no idea about any of them. I really should, but I don't. <laughs> Is there a super chat I missed? Uh, yes. Um, there's one new one. And by new, I mean like 10 minutes ago. I'm gay. Very nice. <laughs> <That's>, I mean, <laughs> it's it's always good that to remind the people. <laughs> Mm. oh what's the super chat oh, oh wait I can oh just, I yeah i'm oh, sorry mike mikey one six nice picking up a 1963 falcon futura convertible question is do i leave the six banger two speed in or swap in a mild 302 okay the answer is What you want to do is first get the car as good as it can be with the six banger and the uh, 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 automatic two speed. Get it nice, get it safe before you start changing stuff. Then it is, in my opinion, it is not worth swapping a V8 into a Ford Falcon, even though that I did it. You can get for a much cheaper price. Uh, it's either called the Thrift Master or the Power Master. They make a 200 cubic inch six that's bolted in. You don't swapping it, it doesn't matter if it's a mild 302 or a cam 302 or a 302 with a blower, you're going to be changing so much stuff about that Falcon. Um, because now you're shoving power through it, even with a mild 302. 
if, remember the Falcon never had a 302. Biggest it had was a 289 and only in 63. And even that had some changes to it. Um, remember, this is a this is not a body on frame car. This is a very, very proto unibody car. The frame does not exist. Now you have a convertible, which means there should be strengthening bars underneath, but in reality, it's even weaker than the coupe. It's even weaker than the sedan. So putting power like that into it, you're going to spend money fabricating stuff, putting strengthening bars. Now you need a stronger transmission for that 302. Now you probably need a stronger rear end. Now you also need a different trans mount. Now you need a different size drive shaft. Drive shafts aren't cheap. Um, you're going to think about a different, a bigger radiator. You're putting a very big engine in a very small car with an engine bay that really isn't meant to keep a 302 cooled. Uh, hot days are going to be problematic. What you should really do is just use the 200 cubic inch six. You can find them all day because people take them out of Mustangs because they want to swap six cylinder Mustangs with V8 Mustangs. Just buy the 200 cubic inch because 63 would probably have at best a 170 cubic inch. Now you can get 200 cubic inch. They make aftermarket parts for those things. You can get different headers. Uh, you can probably get a EFI kit for that little, you know, one sprayer in there that will spray into it. They make they make adapters for the 200 Power Master that will put a, a say like a, a small CFM four barrel on that thing, and that'll lighten that up. You can get those engines almost as powerful as a bait as 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 a 289, or it's pretty much like the 200 and the there's the 200 uh, cubic inch uh, six uh, inline six, and then there's the 260 V8 that mostly was the best thing that you could get in the uh, Falcon, uh, and I think that the Futura may have had the 260 V8, and the Falcon Sprint I think was the only year, or did it only get the 260? in the Falcon Sprint. And then uh, Jay Leno bored his out to 289, even though he had a 260. Yeah, it, the cheapest thing you, you can do and the most painless thing you can do is the 200 cubic inch straight six. It's made to drop right in. You can keep the transmission and then you can probably swap in uh, the three-speed automatic. That's the easiest thing to do. Your first bet is the first thing to do is to just get it running into a state where it can idle forever and not get hot. And either probably just new radiator, a new radiator or aluminum radiator, uh, electric fan, maybe, or just get a shroud and get a flex fan in there. Um, and every single bit of rubber suspension will make the biggest difference to that. Um, bushings for your, uh, what pitman arm at the bottom of your circulating ball steering. Um, you're, you're in for a lot of money even before you talk about putting more power into that. So make, make sure the car is safe and everything works before you think about new power, but you've have an, you have an excellent car. It's going to get looks everywhere you go and you got the convertible. So if you got the convertible, it's really just for cruising and looking cool. And you are going to do both of those things very well. Congratulations. Fantastic car. And uh, Harpal Bhatia says, uh, you guys don't do Mercedes a lot. Earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how we need to do more Mercedes. So we're definitely getting on that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, it says, um, oh, Aaron Crutchfield added that um, he'd still need to change the trans transmission. Fordomatic wouldn't handle the power. And they changed the bell housing by the time the 200 came out. 
And so mm. because of the number of bolts, you know, it's okay. different. So now he's going to need the, the Ford-O-Matic was the two-speed. He's going to need the Cruise-O-Matic. Good news is a lot of Mustang guys took out the Cruise-O-Matic and swapped in manuals. So getting the Cruise-O-Matic three-speed, which they, which Ford used forever. So getting a 206 and getting a Cruise-O-Matic, not a problem. Mm. Very good. And uh, the difference is you will need an if you're going to swap in anything. OK, so if you're going to get the 206 and you're going to get the Cruise-O-Matic, that means you need to buy a different radiator because the the Ford-O-Matic two speed does not have connectors that run to the radiator. That engine, the, the transmission fluid in the Cruise-O-Matic two speed just recirculates. It doesn't go up to the radiator. Um, so no matter what, you're getting a different radiator that has to have a transmission cooler in it. Or you're keeping that radiator and mounting a transmission cooler somewhere else. So again, that's the thing about engine swaps, swapping anything in and out of cars. You change one thing, you got to change 50 things. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very tumultuous or finicky process. Mm. You're going to also probably have to change your distributor. Um, change your, you should always change your distributor to a modern one. Screw points ignition. No one cares. Just get a Petronics. Uh, that's what I got. Uh, and Petronics and a, and a better coil. Um, a lot of those things made just enough spark for those shitty gas that you had. Um, you're putting a, a 200. You're going to need a better coil anyway, better battery. Um, you're going to be replacing a lot of wiring if you want to drive it a lot because, you know, that wiring is, what, 60, 60 years old now? Yeah. If I'm doing my math right. <laughs> you know, it is 4 p.m., I'm going to, we're going to wrap this thing up. Yeah, we can wrap this up. How long uh, have we been going? We've been going for, and it's not telling me dick, but uh, it has been an hour and 28 minutes. Yeah, so that good. is almost an ideal length. I feel yeah. like 90 is about as much as you can ask of people yeah. in terms of podcast length, unless you're doing it on a specific topic. Yeah. But uh, for I the most, we'll be able, when I get the new set, if we'll be able to go a little bit better having comfortable chairs. <laughs> oh, the chairs are never something that I think about much. Although, I mean, a lot of it is just thinking of things to say. I mean, honestly, it's great that you guys are here to help sort of carry the conversation end of it. Cause I run out of things in the first like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Cause realistically my week, it doesn't vary that much from one to the next. And I'm sure we've been through this before, but mm -hmm. um, hopefully, you know, as we get more attuned to doing it literally every week, yeah. then we'll become more comfortable just, you know, chatting on the air. Cause mm -hmm. uh, it seems you guys enjoy it mm -hmm. enough for us to keep doing them. So there you go. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you to everybody who donated through Super Chats. The money will be put to good use. Thank you to everybody who donates through Patreon every year. Your help every year, every month. You're helping RCR function as a much larger YouTube channel that it is. Uh, thank you for everybody who participates in the car giveaways. The next one will be announced soon, as well as the winner of the C5 Corvette. If it's not already uh, announced now, it will be soon. I am not in charge of that uh, because that's the law. Um, the next uh, giveaway car has already been filmed. We wrote it today. It is going to be the most powerful car we have done yet. Uh, Not just giveaway, giveaway car, but most powerful car, like period, I want to say. Oh, actually, no. Well, the one that's coming, one that's coming up is a thousand horsepower. Uh, uh, we're not giving it that. Um, there's only a few things that make four digits from the factory. And you'll be... Uh, 
when, when you see it, you'll be going, oh, you son of a bitch. You, you know, that. You, oh, that. Really? Really? That? Haven't we discussed this brand should enough? should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> people probably already guess what it is. When people have that reaction, it has a thousand horsepower. It has more than a thousand horsepower. Yeah. Um, uh, but the giveaway car is a poultry at 675. Even though I realized that, wait a minute, in the first Mad Max 1979, when the uh, V8 Interceptor was introduced, it's like 600 at the, I can't do an Australian accent, but it's, it said 600 at the wheel, which meant it's over 600, like 675 is pretty reasonable at the crank. It's, this is probably making the same amount of horsepower as the Mad Max Interceptor in 1979. And like the Mad Max Interceptor, the car we're giving away does have a blower. So blowers are nasty. Like the thing about blowers is that Turbos can become turbos really only need a boost controller and then they're good. And uh, they don't really run away on you, even like when, when unless you're going a big, big turbo, most turbos can be fine. Um, but blowers, when you put smaller pulleys on them, the car gets rowdy as shit. Uh, it gets jumpy, it gets almost unusable. And now it comes down to your tires. This is a car that doesn't, there's no way, the only way. I get into this big thing in the review where uh, we talk about, I talk about the idea of big power and big power for me. Uh, I was told by two people, both uh, Matt Happel and Bruce Hen, um, that 450 is really all you need for the street. If you want a fun car to just drive around 500 is kind of, all right, you're getting up there. This is a serious machine. And once you hit 600, that's big power. And big power is where no street tire is able to contain and contain it. Now, I, I'm, I'm excluding stuff like trucks, like heavy vehicles where 600 horsepower is not that huge of a deal, but you have a big, big machine. I'm talking a two door, two plus two coupe with over 600 horsepower. You can't use that amount of power with street tires, even though the, the vehicle we have is brand new uh, Pirelli P0s. They're not enough. You roll on the power and get that supercharger just shoving fuel in there. The rear tire, it's too much. The rear tire is just like, oh. And you just do rolling burnouts in traffic. Awesome, huh? Well, <laughs> the only really big power is stuff that you need dedicated track tires for. And at 675 horsepower, uh, you need your Mickey Thompsons. You need, I don't know what, you need Hoosiers or something like that for track use. The type of tire that's so soft. And if you've ever gone up to like, dedicated track tires like track only not dot you can take your thumb and shove your thumb into like the they're, they're usually smooth tires into the face of the tire not the sidewall and your thumb indentation will now stay there permanently until the tire gets worn down to that depth they're that soft but that's the kind of like like rubbery glueiness that you need when you're up to tire tires when you're up to an engine that ferocious Anyway, rant over. <laughs> uh, thank you for liking RCR podcast, and we'll see you on Monday. Take care, everyone. Bye. How do I close this now that I dad clicked? If I just.